Welcome to Trifecta Now, Living A Course in Miracles. This is Season 3, and it's called The Course. This is Episode 5, The Past, The Dream, Peace, and Holiness. Living a life free from any stress or stressors can seem almost impossible. Almost, but not so. It is a choice. A choice to be happy or alone. It is a choice to see things from a positive light or a negative one. I teach communication classes at a local college. I also teach social skills courses and a bit of life coaching. Whenever I cover the topic of problems and conflicts, I always ask my students to consider one thing first. Before they delve into the problem, before they start weighing in on the issues and the pros and cons of any problem, I ask them to ask themselves one question. That question is, am I the problem? We are so quick to judge other people's roles in our problems and conflicts that affect us, but how often do we take a good look at what we are doing to add or maybe even cause the problem? Am I the problem? It is a difficult question, but a valid one, if you are completely open and honest with yourself. We have a role in every problem we encounter. First, it is a problem for us. And second, it is affecting us to the point we need to look at solutions. Am I the problem? Letting go of the past and embracing this moment as the only moment that matters is only restricted by you. You are the only person who can keep this from happening. You are the one who can change your mind. You are the one who can change your ways. Problem solved past. The past is gone, it is over, and it will not repeat itself exactly as it once did. Yet we have a preoccupation with it, and we just cannot let it go. We go over and over events and experiences as if by thinking about them more, we'll be able to change the outcome. We play them over in our minds wondering what we should have said, done, or acted. A total exercise in futility, and it removes us from this moment and feeling the peace and joy this moment represents, or this moment presents for us. We can all agree that thinking about what could have been done, said, or acted upon will never change what was done, said, or not acted upon. Nothing we can do right now will change the past. Nothing. Quote, To substitute is to accept instead, end quote. How many of us spend hours thinking about what is past? How many of us go over the past in our minds on a regular basis? How many of us find time slip away because we are lost in thought or long conversations about what happened in the past? We all do. We have come to accept the past as a substitute for this moment. We have asked Sorry, we have used those thoughts as a substitute for peace of mind and happiness. We are letting ourselves get lost in the memories of what was as a substitute for what is right now, right here in this moment. The book has taught me so much about who I am and what choices I was making before I changed my mind, before I changed my perception. One of the things it gave me was complete clarity in seeing my youngest son for who he truly is. I knew from birth there was something incredibly special about him. 
He continues to enlighten me on what is important in this moment. Every Christmas, birthday, or any special occasion, he'd say, This is the best Christmas ever, or this is the best birthday ever. Every time we go to a park or the beach, or even just a drive, he'll say, Mom, this is the best day ever. I started picking up on this first when, first when I would think, Hmm, I bought you more last Christmas. Or I think last birthday was a bigger birthday. I'd go back to the past and compare and use the past as an evaluation of the present. He never does that. It took me reading this book to see that. For him, every moment is the best moment ever. He has no comparison. He does not use past events to compare this current one. If he talks about the past, it is only to recall a good memory or event period. He holds no grudges and stays in this moment all the time. I had the teacher in front of me, yet it took me changing my perception to help see what I needed to learn. The the past does have lessons for us to learn, but those lessons are in the now. If we missed the opportunity when when they occurred, then we must either wait for it to come around again or let it go. But going over and over it in our minds will not give us the teaching. The lesson came and went. It will come back again, maybe in the same way, or maybe in another. The past does not hold the answers. If it did, then you would have them, and you would have moved on. The next topic is the dream. Dreams can feel quite real. They can at times feel as if the events in our dreams are actually happening to us. Yet we can awaken and tell ourselves, it was only a dream. The dream was a combination of things we had thought, touched, tasted, felt, and seen prior to the dream. Rarely are dreams more than what we have created in our minds. Dreams can feel overwhelming and chaotic because they are made up of conflicting information and wishes. Are they real? They feel real at times. That is likely why we analyze them to see if there's a deeper meaning in them. They are the best living example of how perception can substitute illusions for truth. We rarely take them seriously because they seem so off base and completely not our reality. They are good examples of our ability to change reality. Our egos attempt to make something feel real to us. In dreams, you are in control. You can change a dream and make it anything you want it to be. It serves you and what you want or think you want. The book is a clear-cut explanation of dreams. When I first read it, I started to consider that what I was dreaming was totally my creation, even if it seemed like nothing I would want. I began taking control of my dreams. I had a dream one night where the setting seemed scary and it was in fact playing out that way. I was with my two boys and we were in a house, one that wasn't familiar to me. We went to turn on the taps looking for water. The water started to turn brown and then red. In the dream I said, this is not real. I was consciously aware for the first time that I could control the dream. In the dream, the water turned clear and I woke myself up. There was no fear, and I was telling myself to change the story. That convinced me immediately 
that there was not much to dreams. Now, I did say rarely are they more than what we created. I have had several dreams in my lifetime, which has guided me to do certain things. This podcast being one of them. I believe that at times, if we are totally open to it, we do get messages and images to help us on our journey. The rest is what we want our dreams to be, even if they seem like we could not possibly have wanted that dream. The book suggests that dreams are a wish to make a world that is not real. Dreams show us that we have the power to create a world as we would have it be. And because we want it, we see it. Then we seem to awaken and the dream is gone. But we do not fully understand that what caused the dream has not gone with it. It seems that when, sorry, it seems that what we have awakened to is just another version of our dreams. The sleeping and awakening dreams have different venues, but the same form. Their content is the same. This reality is one we have created and continue to as if we were asleep dreaming it. This discussion causes quite a stir amongst my book club members. (laughs) The questions about people who suffer and live in horrific places and situations, how could that possibly be dreaming? How could they possibly be dreaming it? Illness, accidents, death and abuse, how could this be but a dream? The only response I can think of to support this form of reality is that we are all here to learn and gather information. I believe we chose this place in space and time and we did it for a reason. We wanted or needed to learn something. I absolutely do not believe it is a punishment for past life mistakes. I believe it is our journey, our soul's work. Maybe It is the truth that will set us free. The next topic is peace. Peace refers to a freedom from disturbance or tranquility. Peace is something we all wish for, but for the most part, it seems elusive. A peaceful existence where there is no conflict or strife. Imagine a world that would accomplish this. And we will have then achieved utopia on earth and in time. Peace is possible and it is easily achieved. Like most of the teachings the book offers, it's a choice. It is a change of mind or retraining of your mind and a shift in perception. Peace has conditions that must be met to achieve it. It requires that we reevaluate what we value and how we view ourselves. In order to find peace, we all seek. First, we must remove the obstacles or barriers we have placed in its way. We have collectively blocked out peace and replaced it with chaos and unrest. We placed a wall in its way and until we tear it down, peace will remain elusive. The first obstacle is our desire to keep peace out. Peace resides within the holy relationship. It is the connection and oneness we have with all our brothers and sisters, free from judgment and special relationships. If we see those around us as unworthy, undesirable, conflicted, and different, then the wall between us and peace will seem insurmountable. It will stand and keep peace out. The second obstacle is our belief 
that our bodies have value in this world. That our bodies represent who we are and what we stand for. We, along with our egos, have placed this false sense of security and importance on the dwelling we reside in. We have come to believe that we are just these bodies and death is our destiny. We need to look for purpose and in doing so, we can start to see that time is an illusion we created to justify an ending to this life. What if we have put our faith in the wrong dwelling, given a home to something that does not require one? Quote, faith in the eternal is always justified. For the eternal is forever kind, infinite, in its patience and wholly loving. End quote. The body is a means, but not an end. Peace is not found in our bodies. Peace is found in our minds and souls. The body is only the means you assign it to reach the goal you chose for it. In other words, we choose what our bodies represent and mean and what meaning it has. Choose emotions like guilt and worry, and you have grounded your mind within your body. Quote, it is impossible to seek pleasure through the body and not find pain, end quote. It is the inevitable result of body identification. Why is the body so important to us? It has no feelings. It only feels what our minds want it to feel. The body acts only on messages it is given. Our minds make those choices. Third obstacle to peace is our attraction to death. Our acceptance and belief that death is our ending, our demise. It holds a strange attraction for us. Quote, no one can die unless he chooses to. End quote. Death is a dark shadow that we have cast on our lives. We have made it into something it's not. We have given it power and more body identification. It has weakened our understanding of who we truly are and enabled our egos to decide that death is our ending. Eternal life has no meaning and no understanding or acceptance. We have willingly dug our graves and wait in misery for this final race resting place. The fourth and final obstacle to peace is our fear of God. Our faith in our Father and belief that we are his children. We would rather hold on to our bodies and our perception of this world than believe unequivocally in our divinity. Believe that we are eternal beings that chose this world and life as part of our journey, our continuous learning. Fear is the opposite of love. If we fear anything, then love is gone. We've forgotten how we came here and who we came with. We've forgotten our oneness and that our brothers and sisters are part of and fully connected to our existence. Without them, we are nothing. We fear God because we fear our brothers and sisters. Those we do not forgive, we fear. Those we cast in judgment, we fear. And no one reaches love with fear beside him. Until we fully understand and accept that we are all in this together, that expression is our truth. Our brothers and sisters in this world seem to be strangers to us. We need to let go of our judgment of one another and accept each one as part of the whole. Our whole existence is counting on it. If we hate him, it is because we fear him. What do we fear? And this is a brilliant quote. 
quote, into the hands that give, the gift is given, end quote. By extending our forgiveness and understanding, meaning forgiving ourselves for casting shadows and judgment, we will see our brothers and sisters in a different light. We will begin, sorry, we will be given the peace we seek. We need to stop waiting for others to be what we expect them to be. We need need to accept and love one another for who we are, even if it is not what we want them to be. It is in this understanding and light that the wall is dismantled and replaced with peace and love. The last topic in this episode is holiness. Growing up, I considered the term holiness to apply to only those who are appointed or acknowledged as holy. I believed that the Trinity, so the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, were holy and that some men and women were also given that status, like the Pope, Mother Teresa, priests, monks, Dalai Lama. It never occurred to me that it was supposed to apply to all of us. The sonship, the collective, the wholeness and oneness of our existence. Holiness also got lost in body identification. We allowed it to be represented by those we felt were worthy of it. That alone implies judgment and evaluation of the giver and the receiver. The body holds no value. Only our minds can value. And it is only our minds that decides what it gives and what it receives. We have created illusions by making our bodies our homes. We have accepted a role of mortality, of loss, pain, hurt, anger, and attack. We have identified as separate individuals who are looking out for ourselves. The holiness that can lead us is within. It is there so we can find what we were meant to find with her, our guide, our healer, and our comforter. The Holy Spirit is ready on a moment's notice to guide us in this life and lift the veil of illusions to expose the truth. She's waiting for our word, our willingness to let go of what we think we are to see what we truly are. There's an important question to ask ourselves. Do we like what we made? A world of murder, attack, greed, judgment, pain, loss, and anger? Living in constant fear, feeling alone and in danger, hoping that death will give us more time before it takes us and then we disappear forever? We made this up. This is a picture we have drawn of our existence and our purpose. Have you ever wondered what this world is really like? How would it look through eyes that saw love and peace all around them? The world the holy sees is beautiful. The world the holy sees is innocent and loved. This world is here for all of us to see. Heaven can be found here on earth. In heaven, there is only holiness and joining without limits or limitations. It is a union direct and perfect without fear set upon it. We are one looking with perfect kindness and gentleness upon one another. In heaven, all thoughts of separation and aloneness are impossible. Why is it so hard to believe we can achieve this here on earth? I'm going to do a quote, a big one. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We have been told it can be done. 
finally, I want to share something. I recall a sermon at the little church I attend where the pastor spoke about holiness one Sunday. His main point was in its meaning. He spoke about the two spellings of the word holy. First, H-O-L-Y, and second, W-H-O-L-L-Y. The first meaning, and this is the quote from a dictionary, dedicated or consecrated to God or a religious purpose, meaning sacred. And the second, the quote from the dictionary, entirely and fully. The pastor made the reference to being whole and talked about our need to embrace our wholeness. I wondered, what if we've been using the wrong term? What if it was supposed to be holy, W-H-O-L-L-Y? Replace holy, the first one, the sacred one, with holy, the fully and entirely one, and you have a total different perspective. One that includes everyone and makes no one more sacred than another. I hear the word holy now, and I think of our oneness. Thank you for listening. In two weeks, I will upload episode six, Chaos, Reason, Specialness, and Holy Relationships. And that date is July 19th. So remember, this is our journey. Let us keep finding our way. Have a relaxing and peace-filled week, sending everyone healing light. Always love, Denise.